quitethethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, my name is Jack Shaw. And my name is Cole McMillan. Jack, how are you today? I am great, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, really, really good. The the weather's been pretty fabulous again this week. Um, we don't talk about football a lot on this show, but we've, we've been back at the football, back in the stadium. We're recording this on Sunday morning. We're both headed off to the football again this afternoon. So life is normal and good. It really is, man. It really is. So I'm full of beans and pies, I suppose, as well. Um, <laughs> we'll obviously get there later on. We'll announce the winner of the pie package this week and... We'll ask you a super secret question that you need to answer if you want to try and win some pies for so, next week. Yeah. So keep your pies peeled, they might say. Keep your that. fuck off, man. Is that what we're starting today? Is that the <laughs> level? That just, that just came to me. That wasn't even planned, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> right. We are at 1994. Um, this series, in inverted commas, has been pretty popular. People seem to be liking it. Everybody likes a nostalgia kick. This is where the real memories start for me, I think, Colin. I think last year you were saying 93 was sort of your year that things started to become more colourful in your head or whatever. And this is definitely my year for that is 1994 because I am younger than you remember that. Always remember that, right? Yes, you are a little bit younger. Just a little, little bit. Um, but yeah, last last year for like last year for me, definitely. Um, this year, more of the same. Um, more vivid actual memories rather than things you believe are memories that are really just things you've learnt. So yeah, some of the stuff today will definitely ring ring true for me, I think. Yeah, the big thing was probably passing about cassette tapes in school because we'll get to Oasis, basically, but they were the cultural phenomenon of 1994. Okay, so in January, uh, Jack, January the 6th, in fact, American figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was attacked and injured by an assailant Hired by her rival, uh, Tonya Harding's ex-husband during the US Figure Skating Championships that they were both taking part in. Um, I'm sure this is a movie now, uh, I, Tonya, or, or something I think it's called. Yes, um, and Margot Robbie plays yes, one of them. She does, um, and I'll pretty, what, what, pretty much watch any movie that she's in, um, even a nice a figure skating movie. Um, but yeah, this was massive. Like, imagine doing that to somebody just to get a, an advantage in... Not even a like an Olympics or anything, just a US, a national figure skating championships. It's it is quite mad. Um, I used to do a bit of the old ice skating. Um, used to go East Coast ride ice skating on a Friday and a Saturday. Got quite good at it. Um, quite liked it. And then you couldn't really combine alcohol in that very well, so it kind of fell apart once I started drinking. But I did just like the old skating. Yeah, I was never really into it, man. Like, pretty sure we spoke about this before. When as a real youngster, like eight, no fear. Skated about, like, shoo, shoo. thought, right, that's all right. Then never went back for about three years. And then by the time I was got got to, what, 11 or whatever, I had picked up that mental fear of falling down and hurting yourself. Yeah. And sort of done the, the walk around the edge shit that you see people that have never skated before doing and then just never went back. Thought, nah, not for me, man. So, no, nah, I never really into the old age skating, but that's been a documentary, quite a big, a big thing, obviously, because I think the guy, did he not fucking hit on me with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was something like, it was proper extreme what he did, like proper took her out of the game, or certainly intended to. Um, obviously this would be like a Winter Olympics type sport, Jack, but the actual summer Olympics have started now. Yeah. Um, I've not seen a single second of it. Um, not Near really Van, do you know why? Because it's, it's just a big school sports day for adults really, isn't it? Well, not that I really like the, like I like the Olympics. I can find myself getting lost in 
um, shooting fucking X, Y, and Z. But it's not on terrestrial TV this year, live. Universal are a, a pay-per-view thing, and they are the, the Olympic streamers this year, so they've sold out and sold it to a bidder rather than just letting the, the national broadcasters put it on telly for nothing, so you can't see it. I thought the Olympics was one of those, do you know those like eight protected sports that had to be on the, the um, terrestrial TV? Like like the Euros, the World Cup, Wimbledon, the Five Nations, um, there's, there's a, an FA Cup final. I'm sure there's a list of things that I thought, and I just assumed the Olympics were part of that. Well, it's not been on the telly at all, has it? And that's why you've not. That's why you've not found yourself falling into a trap of watching it this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. I probably wouldn't. Uh-huh. I mean, my, my TV only exists for the PlayStation and Grey's Anatomy on Disney Plus. Let's be honest. So, it's I don't really see much else that's on. Yeah, although yesterday I was sitting watching. Um, I didn't go to the game yesterday. Um, I didn't get a ticket for it, but I was sitting watching uh, the disability football, like FA Cups final, basically. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Like, really quite fucking mind-blowing. Now, the first match I watched was the partially sighted game, which was, like, that, that that's not where the real sort of beauty lies. It was the next two games I watched. There was the, the amputee FA Cup final. So, um, the, the guys with the walking sticks or the crutches had one leg, and then the goalies have got to only have one arm. Right, okay. Um, and it went to penalties, and some of the penalties that were getting taken by these guys with one leg were, were better, like all of a better quality than the penalties that were taken in uh, the actual Euros final. I swear <laughs> to God, these guys were rattling and then like top bins. And the one that really fascinated me was the the full blindness football. Is there a bell in the ball or something? There's a bell in the ball. Yes, uh, complete silence from the crowd. The, the sort of it'd be the the cage at fives. It's not a cage. It's like a a sound thing that bounces sound in the base, so they can like like almost echolocate where the fucking ball is. It's amazing. Like I watched a guy do a thirty yard run and put it in top bins, blind, can't see a fucking thing. Like because they put masks on as well. Like anyway, mind blown. It went to penalties and the refs tap. The left hand post and the right hand post with like a stick. So bing, 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 bing. So they know where the goal is. Unbelievable. Like absolutely unbelievable stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, you try and watch that and see it. It does sound pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, in January as well, I've only put this in because um, I use Wikipedia, right? And uh, there's a guy called David Kang and he fires two blank shots at Prince Charles in Australia. And you know, on Wikipedia, it's got to be ones, twos, to be reference numbers. Yeah. I seen one today for the first time, and it was importance in the square brackets, as if like somebody has questioned whether or not this is important enough to have a, a Wikipedia entry. Never seen that before. Yeah, I've never seen it before either, and that's the only reason I put it in because at first I thought, yeah, well, obviously this guy's tried to assassinate a prince. Like that's that's pretty newsworthy. You would put that in, but then reading it, it's two blank shots he's fired. Yeah. Did he know it was blank shots? Was it just a scare tactic? That's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. Yeah. Well, it's from a starting pistol, so I'm not sure you can actually kill somebody with a starting pistol, can you? Yes. I think a starting pistol's literally just noise, isn't it? Well, it just goes bang, yeah. That's why I put that in there, because that importance bracket sort of came up. And at first I thought, no, well, it obviously is. But is 
like, don't get me wrong, it's a pretty scary thing to do to somebody, but as scaring somebody is that worth an ent- a Wikipedia entry on, like, a 1994 page of the main events in 1994? It probably isn't if it's not a member of the royal family. I think it's... The name Prince Charles has done a lot of the heavy lifting there, I think. Oh. And the potential impact, the security implications, the fact that somebody got close enough to him to do that, um, it's probably quite a big deal. Um, it would have made the news for a couple of days, I would have thought, back then. Yeah. Um, but it's probably not the most exciting thing that's ever happened to him. Probably that would be his, his ex-wife being murdered by his family in a tunnel in Paris. Yeah, like he probably did uh, let out a bit of a scream uh, when somebody tried to shoot him. And... I- a couple of days later, uh, Edward Munch's painting the scream is actually still on you. That's why I uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, we, we fucking started so low, I may as well carry that shit on there, Colin. Yeah, the scream is stolen from Oslo. Art comes up a lot in our shows because everybody was stealing it. Yeah, it was like the serial killer craze of the 80s. Like everybody was killing people in the 80s. Everybody seemed to be stealing shit, uh, paintings in the 90s. But yeah, the scream, you will have seen it. Uh, do you know that's not. The only version of it. Did he do more than one? He'd he done like quite a lot of them, yes. Right, okay. It's one of these paintings again, like the Mona Lisa, like um all the kind of big mad famous ones that I don't really get, Jack. I'm not an art person, I don't understand it. I wouldn't hang it in my house. I don't think it's particularly nice. I, I, I've got quite a lot of art in my room and in my office and some down the stairs as well. I've, there's a YouTuber called Ten Hundred that I really like and I got some of his stuff at Christmas. But I don't know, like, that, that some of these most famous ones, they're always shit. Like, yeah, we've spoken about art before without really understanding it, and I'm, I'm the same. Like, uh, I kind of get the scream, like, I, I kind of, I would rather a painting like that or a Picasso rather than, like, a straight-up Mona Lisa, like a straight-up drawing of somebody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, in my opinion, I'd rather, that seems more creative to me than somebody who is basically just good at air copying or air tracing, you know? Yeah. I think, <laughs> the, like I, think the, dick, I think the thing with the Mona Lisa probably is that it was painted when there was no such thing as photographs and stuff like that. So and t- people were probably more wowed by it because there was no photographs. There was no other way of actually having some sort of physical image of somebody else sort of things. So people were probably right into it for those reasons and it's probably synonymous because it was the best of its type back then. But... Nah, it's not. It's not very good. I don't like it. Um, speaking about people who don't like things, Jack. Uh, in March, the People's Republic of China got their first connection to the internet. Um, I think they basically got got connected to it and then just blocked fucking everything. Absolutely blocked everything. Yeah. But yeah, they got their they got their first internet back in nineteen ninety four. Um, America wasn't that far after them. Um, same month as well, they're powering ahead with Apple releasing the Power Macintosh which was the first Mac uh, computer to use the new PowerPC microprocessor. Um, the first Mac I had was a PowerPC. Um, it wasn't very good by the time I got it. I got it second-hand, and it was quite old already. Um, but China's banning the internet, and America's making pretty cool computers to let you access it. So people are going internet daft in 1994. Yeah, that was when it sort of started to really kick off. I didn't get it until I was 16 or something, but yeah, if you had the money back then, because I imagine it would be pretty fucking expensive to get the internet in your house when back in 1994. But you could get it uh, in China. Uh, we're sort of kidding on that they're not um, a mad communist regime. No, they, might, they might be listening, my man. Nelson Mandela, but in May. Like, good news, he's uh, South Africa's first black president, obviously. So he, 
South Africa pops up quite a lot in these shows. Again, just because of the sort of how far behind the fucking times they were at that time and how they were trying to catch up. So that was that was in the May, which is quite good. Yeah, it, it does come fair, but I don't know if I've spoken, maybe we've spoken about it before. I've got a mate, African Dave, and he I used to work with him, and he tells stories about living in South Africa and living in Johannesburg. He lives in Glasgow now, and I, I think Glasgow's like Beverly Hills compared to Johannesburg. Some of the stories he tells, like, the vast majority of his stories start with either we were robbed, we were hijacked, and he's even got one of being kidnapped. Um, it's it's mad, mad stuff, and he's not the type of guy that bullshits either. It's all legit stuff, um, but it's just a crazy, crazy place. But I think South Africans are crazy. I mean, even my mate African Dave is crazy. He's got a big snake, this big, massive python, and he takes it for walks in the local park. Oh, you've told me that before, man. Yeah, like there was a such a spate of car hijackings. Hijackings you mentioned there as his sort of second starting point as a story that people were installing flamethrowers basically at the side of their cars so that if anybody came up and tried to rob them they would just fucking set them in fire like that's how bad it got man like having to take that sort of preventative measures for being hijacked is absolutely crazy but that's what happens when you've got such a a gap in wealth and place in society like people do mad shit to try and get even to try and get things they can't get It's, it's it's a mad, mad place. We, Lisa spoke a few times about us going on holiday to South Africa and doing some sort of safari stuff and seeing bits of it, but I've got no interest in going whatsoever. Absolutely not. I'd like to go on safari. No, I wouldn't. I'm, it's too hot. I'm, I don't know. I don't even know why that sentence came out of my mouth there. I can't fucking <laughs> take the heat in Glasgow at the moment and I want to go to fucking Africa. Yeah, I mean, you are going to die at the football today, so <laughs> going to Africa is uh, madness. As yet, yeah, that, that same month, uh, people started... This is something that's misunderstood as genetic modification of vegetables, basically, but the first genetically modified tomato was deemed safe for consumption by the FDA, again in America, bossing the world. Basically, the first commercially grown genetically engineered food to be granted a license so that people could eat it. But, like, I'm not a scientist. <clears throat> you might be fucking surprised to know. That man's a scientist. But when, <laughs> when it comes to GMOs, I kind of get that people need to get off a fucking high horse about them because, like, when you think about farming in general, which has been about for 6,000 years, that's basically genetic modifying. You're taking something out of its natural environment, putting it into where you want it to go, where you want. So it's been in some sort of packaged way, it's been happening for thousands of years. And these things. Just because it's called genetic modification, people seem to get scared of it. I think I think there's a general misunderstanding of what genetic modification is. It's not like they're pumping it full of fucking steroids so it gets bigger. Like, don't get me wrong, they want bigger tomatoes. But, like, maybe I'm a sheep. I'm one of those sheeple, but, like, it's fucking... It's safe, I think. Like, it, it is safe, and it's also... I think in some ways it's far more environmentally friendly than a lot of farming that goes on. And if you think about all the all the kind of um, tractors and 
combine harvesters and everything else that farmers use and all the practices that they have, if you can genetically modify crops and make them in a smaller place and bigger quantities without losing half of them like farmers do, like a lot of this work that farmers do goes to waste because insects or bugs eat the stuff, it doesn't grow properly, you get a bad winter, it rains bad and floods the plains, all sorts of stuff. So there's a lot of people saying that GMO food and stuff like that could go a long way to curing a lot of poverty in the world as well. Um, places where you can't grow stuff itself, you can actually set some stuff up there and let them create their own stuff that way. So, yeah, it's not a thing to get upset or worried about. It's just a, it's another advancement that's going to make life better. And yeah, I couldn't care less if my tomatoes picked fresh, had a little bit of help, or if it's not even a tomato, but it looks like a tomato, tastes like a tomato, and gives you the benefits of a tomato. I a Joe Mato or something like somebody yeah. made in the, the Joe Lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything. I don't even like tomatoes. But, um, no, neither do I. I would... I would fuck eating a tomato the big the, the big one is going to be when they genetically modify and make meat see if, if they can get that get that right and make meat which isn't actually meat but tastes and acts and does everything that meat does that's going to be the world game changer and apparently they're not far away from it in like lab conditions but mass production still some way off yeah. um but it's really expensive at the moment yeah keen to try some of that because um, cows are bad. You know, cows are like worst. A cow farting is like the same as ten thousand cars driving past. Right, something like that, yeah. Like, and then vegans can get off their high horse when yeah, I'm having a burger. Fucking shut up. Yeah, but they still shouldn't be allowed to eat it. The same way, the same way that um, they should be banned. Yeah, they're not allowed to eat fake meat because they gave up meat. It's the same way that I'm not going to say the other one. Um, but it's I'll tell you off here about the other my, my other controversial viewpoint about some people that. Some people that gave up objects but still use them for pleasure. <laughs> oh fuck! Right, okay, you've you've packaged that in a way that you'd need to be a simple and not to be able to figure it out. Right, yeah. um, Nicole Simpson is murdered uh, alongside her fancy man Ronald Goldman. Um, that was on June the twelfth, and obviously OJ was acquitted of the killings, although <laughs> held liable in a, a civil suit, which I can't um, quite wrap my head around we did have a conversation on another pod where you said that it wasn't oj that was driving the white truck it was his friend it was five days later it was his friend al cowlings um they flee from the police and that's obviously um what a lot of people will remember from that as well yeah but absolutely it's probably my overriding memory of that year would be returning on the tv and it was you were seeing live pictures live news pictures from helicopters of this car chase and it was one of my first first real experiences of wall-to-wall live news coverage of a major event happening in real time um so it's one of those ones that kind of rings true for me I always remember that one um obviously there's been the the tv adaptation of it it's just kubigan jr um ross from friends was in it and stuff like that as well john travolta uh, it was actually a really good show um a bit nonsense and john travolta was hilarious but it was a good watch I put this in because it's quite an interesting documentary, The Two Escobars, um, about Pablo Escobar and Andres Escobar. Andres Escobar was murdered in July of 1994, shot dead in Medellin. His murder's basically put down because he scored an own goal um, in uh, the World Cup against USA, which I think... I'd imagine that was one of the... I was going to say that's one of their big rivals, is it? Like South America v North America, I don't know. But um, yeah, he, he gets murdered for that, so... Um, well, that's not fair, getting murdered, because... Like, he looked so fucking, like, she, do you remember the, the OG? He looked, after it went in, like, 
I know players can look a little bit despondent. Maybe it's only because he got murdered later that you think you're looking for stuff, but he looked scared. It did look as if he knew he was fucked. It did look that way. Like I don't know if he thought I'm dead, but I think he thought I'm getting at least tortured here. Um, but yeah, it's, that's bad shit, I suppose. Bad, bad shit. Um, another big story that year, September 16th, Danish tour guide called Louise Jensen was abducted, raped and murdered by three British soldiers in Cyprus. Now, um, I, I pulled this together, Colin, sorry for jumping over you there, and like this isn't wasn't a massive. I I can't remember the story specifically. The reason I put it in is because raped and murdered by three people, right? How does that come up in conversation? Is what I'm trying to get at. Like, how do you go at right, Colin? Really fancy raping somebody, and then we we'll chop like, them up together. I don't know how it comes up in conversation for three people to do it consensually. Never mind that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like honestly, like, if if you've got three guys and a girl talk to, who have a conversation to do this because they want to, I would question you. And how does that even come up? How does it work? How do they plan it? Who goes first, second, or third, and stuff like that? But to do it this way is fucking repulsive. It's awful, um, and just bad, bad bastards. That's obviously a premeditated plan that they've decided to do between three guys who. Are supposed to be over there doing good. Um, absolutely horrendous behaviour, despicable. It really is. It really is. Big news for the gamers. Nineteen ninety four December. Sony releases the PlayStation in Japan. Hundred million units, basically worldwide. By the time it's discontinued, um, in two thousand six, it stopped getting made. So that was fucking game changing. The PlayStation. We spoke about this oh. before. How big a jump from like the Mega Drive to the PlayStation is unbelievable. Yeah, it was huge. That sixteen bit to thirty two bit jump was huge. Uh, the graphics just looked. I mean, looking back at them now, they're shit. But at the time, it was absolutely brilliant. You even the demo disc with that dinosaur kicking about. Um, it was just great, and I've had all the Playstations, and I think just because of the age I was when the first one came out, that probably is the one I put the most hours into because I had no real commitments, no other jobs, nothing stopping me playing it. Um, it was just a great, great thing. Sony came out of nowhere with a games console, and they're still there, leading the way now with the PS5. UFC Roundup of the Week. TJ Dillashaw beat Corey Sandhagen the other night. Well, we'll just tell your mother that, uh, that uh, we ate it all. So it's the moment you'll be keeping your pies peeled for. It's the winner of last week's competition and the launch of this week's competition. And last week we got a huge amount of entries, about three or four times we got uh, from the first week. So thank you for that. Keep them coming this week, obviously. Uh, but this week's winner, picked at random from the random winning picking machine, was Paul Kerr. So well done, Paul. Um, absolutely fantastic for you. You're going to get some pies delivered to your door from the good guys at Pie Sports. Um, speaking of good guys, let's hear from a couple of them just now. That's magic. Well, what's that? 17 minutes ago, was it? Mm. We're in the house minding marine business, lying in my ribs, then boof, we're here on the high street searching for the beefy bake. Huh. That is the power of advertising, Jack Boy. Mm. We are the mere puppets of your marketing bigwigs. I think that describes us pretty well, Colin. Marketing bigwigs, that's what we do now. That's the world yeah. that we live in giving pies away from nothing. I love pies, and I was thinking about this, right? What kind of pie that isn't available do you think would be lovely? And that's going to be our week's question, basically, um, that you're going to send us the answer to. A tasty pie that's not out there that you would like to try. 
I'd like to quite try somehow sort of chopped gammon steak with a if you can get a fried egg somehow into a pie, I think that would be absolutely fucking magic. What about yourself? Any um, thoughts? I have tried a breakfast pie before, which was like a full cooked breakfast in a pie, which was pretty right. cool. Okay. Um, you know what I'd quite like? I would quite like a kebab pie. So a pie with donor meat and spicy chicken tikka in it. Oh, fuck, that sounds class, man. Yeah, that wow. would be pretty cool. Um, and a pakora sauce to dip it in. Right. So that's basically, that, that, that's the question that you're sending us this week, alongside obviously the hashtag WTM pies. What's your sort of um, fantasy pie, basically? Yeah, and also a big announcement that you might have missed last week that we can now say as well that the winners can be anybody from across the whole UK. Um, pie Sports obviously paid attention, saw quite a few tweets from people disappointed they couldn't enter, and because they're right good guys, they opened up the prize to the whole of the UK. So if you are in this wonderful country of ours, enter the competition and you could win the prize. Yeah, and if that little still game clip got you buzzing um, for a beefy bake, Pie Sports do beefy bakes by the way, so yeah. Go on piesports.com and buy one. Yep, free delivery for Glasgow surrounding areas. They've got a massive selection of pies, steak, haggis and peppercorn sauce, dirty mac and cheese with black pudding. Obviously, they've got the Scotch pies that everybody's used to, but they've also got continental pies like Mr. Singh's Chicken Ambala, the aforementioned Beefy Bakes. And if you're trying to be sensible, try to lose a bit of weight, you can have a skinny scotch, which is 40% reduced fat. They've literally got all sorts of different things, all sorts of different packages, Comes in a great box, comes all children refrigerated, and they last for about a week in the fridge. They are wonderful, great, great stuff. So get in touch at Wrong Term Memory with hashtag WTM Pies or fill out the form on the website. We want to hear from you. On to a little bit of pop culture now, as always. The Lion King was the biggest film of the year, mate. Big fan of that. Was it in your wheelhouse as a nine, ten year old? Yeah, I think I went to cinema and saw it. Um, I it's not one that stuck with me. There's there's a few Disney films that I'll still watch as an adult and enjoy things like The Sword and the Stone, um, things like that. The Lion King isn't something I'll go and watch now. I I didn't feel the inclination to watch the remake recently or ever go see the live show or anything. But it certainly had its place back in 1984. Had some good songs, Old Elton John. Um, it was good. But I'm surprised it was the top top film. But I suppose when you when you've got one that appeals to kids and adults, it gives it a massive advantage, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Your favourite guy, Tom Hanks, was ripping about being all, um, how to put this, simple in Forrest Gump, which was the second biggest film of the year. It's one of the it's it's one of the few Tom Hanks films that I do like, and I do appreciate his performance in it because in that film he isn't Tom Hanks. So kudos to him for playing <laughs> a simpleton well. If yeah. that's his range, it's a good range. True Lies comes in at number three, right? And the less we speak about that, the better. Because <laughs> Well, on the other podcast, I revealed something that... But was it the other podcast or was it this? I think you've revealed it, revealed it in a couple of podcasts, yeah, actually. fuck it. Um, I'll just tell you again. That scene with Jamie Lee Curtis dancing about... Uh, yeah, I had a little chug to that when I was a youngster. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, someone else that will have elicited a fair few chugs is The Mask when Cameron Diaz appeared in it for the first time. Oh, um, for sure, man. Yeah. It was certainly my first experience of Cameron Diaz and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, you could say it had an impact on my Sandra Bollocks, who was in Speed, uh, the, the film at number five, uh, alongside Keanu Reeves. Maybe feel it in my Flintstones, which was the number six film. 
And this is just getting a bit dumb and dumber, which was number seven. So, Jack, I don't want to, my wife to leave me by continuing this lane, so I'm not going to talk about four weddings and a funeral. One was enough, but that was number eight. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Uh, number nine, interview with a vampire. And number ten is what I'll be in when Lisa listens to this, clear it in present danger. There you go, that's your top ten. You really wrapped that up well there, man. Fucking hell, that was a good one, yeah. In March, the 66 Academy Awards, hosted by Whoopi uh, Goldberg. She's got no eyebrows. Yes, that was me that told you that. Oh, Honestly, really? just just fucking Google Google a picture of Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. She doesn't even draw them in. No fucking eyebrows. Schindler's List sort of uh, won seven Oscars that year. A film that I've not watched yourself. Um, I seen it a long time ago and probably didn't appreciate it for what it was. I should so one I should probably watch again. Yeah. Um, in the June that year, big announcement for James Bond fans. The guys over at Spy Hearts love this guy for some reason, but I thought Pierce Brosnan was a pretty shitty James Bond to be perfectly honest with you yeah I don't think he was very good myself either I actually quite like him as an actor now but as a Bond and I just think the Bond films around his time were a bit cheesy and shit as well to be fair they weren't the kind of nostalgia filled ones they weren't the, the old ones are quite nostalgia and great at their time and the current Bond films are actually really good these kind of hello friends Colin here the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. 90s ones, not great at all for me. Yeah, the sort of uh, old school Batmans um, were obviously good with Michael Keaton, you know, um, what's that director's name again? But the fuck, we, we speak about him all the time. Um, he's married Tim to Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah, Michael Keaton decides after Batman uh, Forever or Batman Two. Like well, I can't remember his fucking exact name because I'm not a right into my superheroes. But he decides to leave, and Val Kilmer comes in for an ill-fated um, portrayal of Batman, basically. And that was only a week or two after Pierce Brosnan. So there was a sort of massive changes in the the world of superheroes and spy movies, which are two big fucking massive genres, you know? And Val yeah. Kilmer was... I kind of feel sorry for him because it's, it's it's to do with the writing, it's to do with the direction. Oh, what was the guy that directed those really fucking bad ones? Joel Schumacher. Yeah, so it's not all his fault, but yeah, him and fucking George Clooney really got the short end of the straw when it comes to being a Batman, I suppose. I saw the, I saw the trailer this week for the new Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, is he the new Batman? Yeah, um, it looked it actually looks quite an interesting film. It looks quite dark. It looks very different from the Nolan trilogy, but he just looks really skinny and scrawny. He doesn't look like Batman. Um, it's it's a strange one. Have they not bulked him up at all? They, they must have done, but he just he doesn't look like Christian Bale. He, he's he's no he's nowhere near that sort of frame, or he just doesn't look like Batman. He's still got his mad floppy hair and stuff like that. It's just a bit strange. Yeah, because in, in, in my eyes, obviously Batman is like a normal guy that dresses up, but there's an image in my head of, I suppose it kind of has that sort of stocky wee guy, like he's no like a 
Like he's not skinny wee fucking streak of piss and he's not a pure heavy massive mutant. Yeah, he's, he's not Bane, but he's somewhere in between. Uh, it's, but I, I just, if you watch the trailer, you'll see what I mean. The film looks great, but he just does seem a bit weird still as Batman, but I'm sure we'll get used to it. Um, because he's, I think he's, he's signed up to do a couple of them, I think. Yeah, there'll be a new Batman in about three years anyway. That's just it's just how it works. They, they they need to keep releasing them, or else they lose the the rights to it, which is why why you get them all the time. Um, is that why? Is that why it is? That's why. That's why the new Spider Man films came out recently as well, because I think Universal Studios were about to lose the the rights if they don't do anything with a medium for a certain amount of time. Somebody else can go and do something with it. That's mad. Like I've only seen the first Tobey Maguire Spider Man. And then it's just the same film over and over again, <laughs> is it not? Like, I don't fucking... I'm not into it, right? But the Tobey Maguire one, sort of, he gets bit by the spider, becomes Spider-Man, and then it feels like about four years later, there was a new film, and a big part of that was the cunt getting bit by the spider yeah. and Spider-Man. <laughs> like, was that a different cunt? Like, what the fuck? Like, change it up a bit or something, man. It's fucking pish. But I suppose they've got to have, like, a big red book, basically, of... The, the the universe that they live in so they can't really get too far away from that yeah absolutely uh, they can't what a shame man <laughs> in, in April Kurt Cobain the lead singer of Nirvana probably one of the biggest bands in the world at the time they were shit um, is found dead <laughs> at 27 in his home in Seattle um, suicide is blamed although it's widely believed that his partner at the time Courtney Love murdered him um, he lay there dead for three days before he was found. Um, big massive story at the time. People were very very upset. He was super super popular, especially with these grungy people, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I kind of got into Nirvana when I was about seventeen. So that would have been nearly ten years after he killed himself, and twelve, thirteen years after they were maybe at their peak in inverted commas. But that was just I was edgy or whatever. I wasn't. I was a wee mosher uh, at that age. But <laughs> can I get into Nirvana? Yeah, the whole thing is, uh, oh, his wife maybe killed him. She never, right? The, the, he, he killed himself. Like, that's just what happened. Um, I don't know. I think she killed him. No, I don't. Because, because I don't. Because to stage a suicide, you need to be a genius and she's a fucking spastic. <laughs> right, that's, sorry, that's a bad term. She's not capable, I don't think. Like, that just slipped out there. But, she doesn't have the fucking capability to stage a suicide and get away with it. Are you mental? Of course she doesn't. Mm, possibly not. She has full of drugs and stuff and mental now, but mm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, move on to a bit of music then, mate. Yeah, go. Yeah, first number one single of the year was the 700th since charts began, and it was a reggae version of Twist and Shout by Shaka Demas and Pliers. I can't remember that song, Jack. I quite liked it. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I quite liked it or not, but Wet 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 basically took over. In May that year, with love, love, love is all around. Um, yeah. From Four Winds and a Future, which we mentioned earlier, number one for 15 weeks, which I think is still the second longest ever in UK singles chart history. Yeah. They could feel it in their fingers, they could feel it in their toes. They could. Um, yes. Another massive song came out that year in September was Wigfield with Saturday Night. Um, I remember this so, so vividly because school discos, I remember hearing it in holiday in Spain as well, like months before it came out here. Um, because this was still a time where there was staged releases of stuff. People stuff yeah. would get released and brought abroad first, in America first, and then make it to the UK. And I remember being in Spain with my family, hearing this song everywhere. But you hear it everywhere for two weeks, Jack, then you go home and you never hear it again because mm-hmm. you can't really go on YouTube and listen to it. There's no Apple Music, so it's just gone. And then it comes again and you think, oh, wow, I remember that from a holiday. 
So yeah, that was massive. Um, but the other big thing was really the the kind of shot in the arm for indie music and early rock in mm-hmm. the late night, late mid, mid to late nineties was Oasis with their debut album, definitely maybe. Um, I remember going up to John Menzies at Clarkston Toll and buying that in there. It's I think it was the first CD I ever bought, Rowan Money, mm-hmm. and I was Oasis daft for a while, Jack. Yeah, I wasn't particularly. I went to the Govan Market, which is a really niche reference if you're not from Glasgow basically an outdoor market with like set up stalls you know like, like you might see in Only Fools and Horses or whatever you know traders country suitcases literary black bags and there was a hooky tape stall and that's where I got definitely maybe was from from there and I used to get three tapes for a tenner three cassette tapes like that's recorded right. rec- cassette tapes and I kind of thought to myself right like as a trader like you're ripping off that stuff, so you need to go out and buy it. But back then it was like one to one recording, so like to record a tape, to a tape you would have to fucking press the two record buttons at the same time. Yeah. So you had to like to record one album, it would take you fifty minutes. So either they just constantly replaced the tapes, or had, which is more likely, multiple tape recorders and yeah, just put like ten tapes, twenty tapes in at a time. Teams of people get, doing it probably. Yeah, so it took a lot of effort back then. It wasn't a case of just fucking clicking download on, I was going to say Napster, but that's even a fucking old school reference, you know what I mean? But like, it's not as, as easy as it maybe was nowadays. Prince, by the way, um, got uh, his only British chart topper. Yeah, he's only number one was that uh, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World song, yeah, it's, yeah. which people were always amazed by. Um, I really liked Prince. I saw Prince in concert a couple of times. I saw him in Glasgow not long before he died. And I also saw him in London when he did like 21 nights at the O2. Um, he was extremely, extremely frustrating in that tour in London though. Because it was almost, it was labelled as almost like a greatest hits tour. But he didn't play all the greatest hits all the time. And the night that I went to see him, he was on the stage sitting at his piano. And he started playing the intro to like Little Red Corvette. Which was one of the songs I went to hear. I wanted to hear it. He played like the first 10 seconds of it, then stopped and went, I got too many hits, and then just started, started playing another song. He oh did my. that two or three times with songs that I wanted to hear and I was raging. Um, yeah. But guy was an absolute genius. Yeah, no, that's a fucking uh, wank swank thing to do, man. I really think. Like, just play the fucking hits, you cunt. You know you get tons, <laughs> like, but don't be a prick. Like, there's people that would have built their whole night around listening to that massive hit, and you've just been a fucking dickhead about it. But I suppose I it, it's made you remember it, maybe even more than if he just played it, I suppose, because he didn't play it. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Maybe. A couple of other fucking music legends are born um, <laughs> in 1994. Harry Styles, who we spoke about last week because most of his band were older than him and born last year. Justin Bieber was also born. Um, one of the worst cunts on the planet, I think. Like, spoiled brat material, I mean, in that sense. Yeah, he certainly was. Um, he's, I think he's slightly better now. Um, they're both making some good music. Um, they're both making music far better than they used to. Um, Harry Styles in particular, his album was fucking brilliant last year. It was really, really good. Um, a number of deaths though, Jack. Um, some some real comedy deaths. Not that they were funny that they died, just that they, they're <laughs> from comedy. Um, Bill Hicks, a real famous American comedian, he died. Um, he was born in 1961, um, so he yeah. died pretty young. And another guy that died far younger than he should have done, John Candy, um, Canadian comedian and actor. You'll remember from Uncle Buck and things like that. So, Cool Runnings, he was the, the guy that helped you make up a bobsleigh team. 
So big losses to the comedy world, and we also lost a president, Richard Nixon, the thirty seventh president of the USA, died uh, after being born in nineteen thirteen. So he mm. did have a, a decent enough innings actually. Yeah, but just the next week, but in Formula One, Ayrton Senna was killed in an accident during the San Marino Grand Prix in Italy. So basically, you've got a couple of comedy legends. I don't particularly like Bill Hicks, but that's a lot of people will not agree with that. But I don't particularly like him. John Candy was good. So that's comedy, president, like politics, sport, and then obviously Kurt Cobain music. So yeah, lots of massive people in their own genres dying in 1994. I put out a tweet. Uh, pretty short notice because I forgot to put out a tweet asking for 1994 memories basically but with two thirds of the vote this week we're going to take a little visit to the forums email your memories to hello at wrongtermmemory.com So, usually, we've got a couple of forums that we kind of stick to that give us regular content. This time, I set my net a little bit further afield, Jack, and I went into the uncharted waters of Mum's Net. I'm looking forward to it, man, because if you don't listen to us on Heart and Hand, we do this on our show over there, and I don't... I, I like to not read what's coming up, and I've kept true to form, so I literally have no idea what we're about to read here. These things aren't, they're not only funny, they're also absolutely mind-blowing that these people think it's cool yeah, right. to release this sort of information to the world, right? So this first one is called, Do You Dunk Your Penis? Was this a forum post on Mumsnet? Forum post right, okay. on Mumsnet. Right, okay. Do You Dunk Your Penis? It's a user called Sarah and Crew. I can still change my name for this, but fuck it. We have a dedicated post-sex cleanup area on the bedside table. A box of tissues, a small bin, and a beaker of clean water (laughs) for temporary cleaning or dunking his penis while the bathroom is occupied by me. Apparently our penis beaker is strange (laughs) and not the done thing. Does everyone else just lay there in a sticky post-coital glow until the morning? Surely not. So what this couple are doing, Jack, is they're obviously having sex, right? She jumps up afterwards to go give herself a wee clean out. And rather than just waiting for the bathroom to be ready, he has a cup of water at the side of the bed that he dunks his cock in a couple of times to give it a wee clean. It's just the use of the word beaker, because a beaker is something that you would use in science class, like the, like the glass beaker. And it's definitely a beaker she's talking about. That's why she's using that word. It's not a cup. It's not like a pint tumbler, like if you're lucky enough. But, <laughs> like... A beaker. That's that's the thing that gets me is it's like she's went to the shop and bought a beaker. Nobody's got a fucking beaker <laughs> in purpose. their house for this purpose. Yes. There's also the whole having a dedicated side of the bed <laughs> sex cleanup area. Yeah, if I look at the side of my bed, I've got a lamp, I've got an iPhone charger and a watch charger. Usually there's a Kindle lying there, sometimes an iPad. That's it. There's there's not a dedicated fucking sex cleaning station. Um, but there's some good replies to this post. Um, the first one. Is the water cold? <laughs> Would it not overflow during dunking and create more mess? It's <laughs> a fucking valid point, yeah. No, I don't mean to be rude, but are you both so dirty that you require immediate cleaning? That must be sexy. You do it, then spring apart, you rush to the bathroom and he plunges his knob into a bucket. <laughs> You've just had sex, so I assume you're both fairly intimate terms. 
uh, even if you haven't. I said Fanjo, and his sperm is nine tenths itching powder. <laughs> Surely you can use the bathroom at the same time. <laughs> exactly. You can wash your Fanjo in the bath and you can scrub your cock in the sink. <laughs> I think this person's right, man. Yeah. Um, this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. We just use tissues, then go to the toilet. There's no way we could do penis dunking. The cat would drink the water. <laughs> this next person. Ew. Uh, wh- what do you do with the penis water in the morning? Mm. <laughs> Knob solution. <laughs> Sat there all night. <laughs> oh, um, dear. And then a guy replied. It's mostly mums in this forum, but a guy replied. Right, is this all right? Okay. I've just became aware of this post from my wife. I'm a designer, so I want to hear your feedback. <laughs> If you were to tell all your husbands about this, I think it could be really successful. I will design this penis baker as a cleaning product and call it the Spunk and Dunk. What's your thoughts? <laughs> right. Oh, I, don't, I don't know much about mums net and the security measures need to go through, but surely that's not actually the guy's fucking husband. <laughs> like... uh, I don't know. Um, moving on to another, another one. This one's called Blowjobs. How often do you do it? Right, okay. I'm curious to know what the normal is in terms of frequency of giving blowjobs and if you actually enjoy giving them. For me, I'm not a big fan of giving them, but that's more out of laziness than anything else. My dear husband usually gets one when I'm on my period, although some months if it's a bit heavier then my cramps are worse and I don't want to do it, so he maybe gets one every couple of months. He would never say anything, but given how grateful and happy he seems when he does get one, I imagine he would like this to be more frequent. I'm curious to know whether I am being lazy or whether this is an acceptable amount. Crying face emoji, yes. The replies. Maggie May, 1972, so... This is a woman of a, a certain age. Uh, I'm submissive in the bedroom, so every time he tells me to, I do love making him come. Oh, it's reciprocal, so I'm not complaining. Uh, sex has been through the roof since lockdown. <laughs> Good. Fuck you. Imagine that in your life. Just... <laughs> yeah. Get your lips around it and it just happens. Right. Get, your, get your gums around my plums. <laughs> um, this next one's brilliant. Um, about once a week. He comes quickly, so it's not too bad. I also use the time to plan things in my head while I'm doing it. Like what I need <laughs> from Tesco, etc. Because let's be honest, it can't be a fucking... It can't be, it can't be good to be dishing it fucking... It can't be. No, it can't be fun. It this this next one, Jack, you, you read this next one, but this one is weird as fuck. Right, so this is from a, a user called Straight Lady. Okay. Starlight okay. Lady. Is it? Right, by the way, I'm going for an eye operation in a fortnight, so that's why I'm misreading things quite a lot, by the way. I need a little bit. I can't see my left eye, basically, so. Starlight Lady, not Straight Lady. Okay. I actually find them comforting. <laughs> Maybe I was deprived of a dummy as a kid. <laughs> I once surprised a male friend, not even like a boyfriend, when I asked him if I could. When I was upset over something. I had no previous sexual contact with him. That's fucking bizarre. <laughs> it's nuts. So, imagine you're a guy and you've got a girl that's just your friend. She's upset and crying, and you see, anything I can do to help, I can I suck your cock? <laughs> and I know that about 95% of guys, and this guy probably went, 
Ah, do you know what? That probably would make you feel better. (laughs) 99.9%. This girl got a couple of replies uh, straight to her. I find that a bit odd. You're feeling upset, so you offer to do a blowjob to make you feel better. (laughs) Especially not even been in a relationship with the guy. That's random. I mean, it's not really about the consent. I don't think he's going to say no, is he? Let's just hope that guy doesn't think offering his dick for a blowjob is a normal response when his (laughs) other friends is upset. Uh, I too find it weird that you offered a male friend a blowjob because you were upset. Um, If you think sucking things comforting, why not suck your thumb? (laughs) Does it have to be a cock? (laughs) Um, The the conversation moved on a little bit away from her and her story to other other tales of blowjob frequencies. Um, Very rarely, because I don't really enjoy it. I have been promising him one through most of lockdown, but we... (laughs) We're 16 months into lockdown, by the way. But we have both taken to lounging around in PJs, or in his case, his smelly gym kit. So I have said he has to wash it before it goes in my mouth. (laughs) We have what we call blowjob nights every month at the end of my period. I get super randy, and just for some willy time, not full sex. (laughs) I'll give him a, a massage or something and go to town with the BJ. Usually long as playful session where I'd stop and start and tease a lot. Just enjoy looking at it and playing with it. Needless to say, he loves these nights. I usually tell him during the day when he's at work, hey, you know what tonight is? It's blowjob night. <laughs> I, I, no, I kind of, maybe I'm behind the times, I kind of feel like fucking putting shit in a diary for stuff like that or whatever, you know, like... I'm a big planner, you know that. I like to plan ahead, but it's like not with that sort of side of things, man. It's just a little bit bizarre. Um, we moved on to pirate noises during sex. <laughs> pirate. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm too embarrassed to reveal my true identity, but I am a bit freaked out about my dear husband. Recently, he has began to put on a strange voice during sex. For example, saying "Ah, Moody" in the style of that weird <laughs> sea captain from The Simpsons. His other one is. Are the ships are docking <laughs> my lighthouse is tingling there are there are various others along the same lines but I won't go into them all now he's not a sailor by the way and as far as I know has no connection to seafaring folk I'm just wondering if I can see how uncomfortable this is making me feel it's just fucking weird in my opinion but it does seem to be turning him on yeah it is weird man yeah um, the, the next one was a, a list of reasons why there's crazy women have had arguments with people so this one, this one's do for me, Jack. Um, okay, so I caught myself crossing my hobby when on family holiday for having fruit and fibre for breakfast, as he was obviously trying to engineer me time on the loo away from the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Walk us through a mind that thinks he is having fruit and fibre because he wants to be in the toilet for longer to get away from the kids. Oh. See if that was the case. Eat what you want and just spend longer in the toilet. Like, just, go, just go for a big long jobby, man. Yeah. Uh, That's wild, man. Yeah. And we'll finish off with this other woman that asked for advice. It's called Poo Crumbs. Poo <laughs> <laughs> Crumbs. Never heard, this. Never heard that phrase in my life. <laughs> my dear partner is very hairy. He often leaves poo crumbs and hair on the toilet seat each day, and I'm sick of wiping it. Oh, no. This is way worse than the seat up or down debate. I finally snapped after a year and told him he must start using wet wipes to avoid the poo crumb issue. 
I feel like I'm looking after a two-year-old in this regard. It's been particularly bad in bed this summer, as he sleeps naked, so the crumbs go everywhere. He says I have no right to interfere in his toilet routine, and I say I'm not sexing someone who can't keep their poo crumbs under control. His family are full of boys, and he says the poo crumbs thing is normal, and that I'm overreacting. What do you think about this? Am I being unreasonable? I don't know what poo crumbs are, hen. Sorry, like, I don't... I just don't understand. Like, if... I was so hairy that, like, there was shit falling off of my body, like, little shit crumbs. I'd probably take a wash, aye. I'd probably go out, right, you, Helen, whatever her name is, you're right, there's shit falling off of my body. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and fix that, yes. So I, I kind of get behind, I kind of understand where she's come from. Can you imagine a scenario, right, where your missus says to you, oh my God, You've left crumbs of shit in the bed, <laughs> and your response is, "Show sure. my toilet routine." <laughs> I show fuck. Um, you're oh. lying in your own shit at night, mate. <laughs> listen, listen. Every guy in the world at some point in their life has had a skid mark, right? It just of happens. Course, yeah. But this is extreme. Yeah, man. But I don't, I don't know what's worse: poo crumbs are putting out there in the world and asking for advice on it. Um. Yeah. So that's I think, why forums are so amazing because people will share their deepest secrets, their deepest fantasies in inverted commas, and things about their husband shitting all over the bed. So <laughs> indeed. So um, we might have found maybe we might be onto something here. Mum's night might be a little bit of an untapped resource for us, so we'll maybe come back to that in other shows and other times because poo crumbs, penis beakers and fruit and fibre toilet visits are some good shit. Yeah, for sure. Now, if you find anything that you think is good for reading, you think it'll be funny, you think it'll crack me up, you think it'll crack Colin up, hello at wrongtermemory.com is an open inbox where you can send stuff like that. So anything that comes up, just pop it to us and we might stick it in in a show in the future because, well, that's you getting content for us which makes our life that little bit easier. So, yeah, up to you guys. But I enjoyed this, 1994. Big year for music and big year for my actual memories of life, I suppose. Absolutely. And onwards and upwards next week with 1995. So if you've enjoyed this, please check out the, the bonus content on Apple. Uh, usual disclaimer that it's, we're still having issues with Apple. This isn't an issue with us. This is an Apple, an issue with Apple and all content creators at the minute that are trying out their new premium content feature. Some of it's gone up, some of it's not. We will get everything up uh, for you eventually. And we've also made the decision this week as well that... Even if you don't subscribe to actually get the additional content, we'll release it for free after a month or so, so everybody will get it eventually. Um, but if you want to help the pod and contribute in that way, then you obviously can. Um, also, the number of people this week that have helped us out with buymeacoffee.com. Um, thank you for doing that. Um, if you want to get involved in that, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash wrong-term memory. Uh, this week, we had it from a guy called Paul Kerr and also from Wolf Marshall. So thank you very much, guys. It's much appreciated. And genuinely, by the way, that is not the reason that Paul Kerr won the pies. I didn't know he oh, did it. <laughs> I just said that same guy. It's the same guy. Bloody hell. Just when you say his name there, mate, like, that's, I swear what? to fuck, that's not wow. the reason, by the way. I did not realise that. Um, if you want to win the pies next week, though, um, <laughs> no, no, it's just a, a coincidence. Um, so, yeah, um, well done, Paul, and thank you, Paul, and thank you to you all for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Bye.
Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quitethethingmedia.com.